Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. This is Marshall Fant. Welcome back to ReChurch, podcast of GFA Missions. We're going to continue our discussion today with Pastor Bill Park on revitalization, fostering, merging, uh, adopting, uh, just uh, different biblical models of, of multiplying churches. So, Pastor Bill, welcome back to our podcast. Glad to be here and glad to be able to share some of these truths. Yeah, in our first podcast, we covered the whys, and I ask you to now, if we could in this podcast, maybe cover some of the how-tos. And for the sake of those that may not have heard the original podcast, you were the son of a church planter. Your church there in High Point planted many churches, and now you're, you have two sons that are church planters, one in the U.S. and one overseas. Is that correct? I mean, just kind of tell uh, people. That's so, absolutely right. Yeah, so if I felt your pulse, I think we're going to hear church multiplication come out. <laughs> okay, it's kind of the way it's kind of the way I would just from our first discussion. And again, you laid a great biblical foundation of why we must consider this, why we must keep it on the forefront of our thinking. And a lot of guys understand that. But Pastor Bill, I think a lot of guys get stuck and not really know the how to. So that's kind of where I want to launch into for this podcast, okay? Sure, and we're talking about the how-to of the adoption Yeah, in, yeah. in the, the context of church planting. Exactly, exactly. So again, the three terms we mentioned earlier, some use the word adoption, some use merger, some use fostering. Uh, adoption is really where a struggling church is, is adopted by another church, and Pastor Bill said different ways that could be done. So that's really the, the term we want to focus on is the word adoption. You know, so Pastor Bill, what are some of the key issues on the how-tos of, of adoption, either from you as the adopting church or the church being adopted? And you, I'll just I'll kind of let you run with that, and I'll, I'll kind of just interrupt and get more feedback for the target with you. No, that's fine. And I think that we first have to understand that there are a lot of struggling churches out there. Yeah. And what I mean by a struggling church is this church that's not making disciples, mm-hmm. in other words, have not had an evangelism outreach mindset, and a church that has not had many people trust Christ, yeah. not many people baptized, not many people join the church, and they're struggling, and they know they're struggling. And churches struggle and the sad thing is they struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle and don't reach out for help. That's true. And so the wonderful thing is, is when there is a struggling church or struggling churches and they ask for help, that begins the connection somehow, some way of adopting them and helping them. Just recently, I'm involved in a church plant right now, and we had some folks coming from another church that other church has existed over 100 years, and they were down to about 10 to 12 people, all of them over 50 except two, and they were just struggling and struggling, and they showed, some of them showed up at our church plant. Hmm. And the, in the conversation, it's just getting to know them and seeing them there, and they began to tell us their story. And in the middle of telling us their story, since we have three men who are helping lead the church, 
they said, could you guys help us with Sunday morning services? All right, so they came to you, right? They asked for help. They came to us. Got it. And then we said, we'll be glad to have one of our guys come help you fill the pulpit and do some other things for you. Sure. And after about two or three months of this, amongst our guys, they decided that I should go there and just do it permanently. And so I began to go there and to develop a relationship with these people. And they would sit down and we'd pray together and we'd talk. And one time they sitting down in a meeting, maybe eight people, if I remember right. Mm. What can we do? What can we do? And I suggested to them, I said, well, you could close the church. Right. And uh, I said, I'm not necessarily for that. And they immediately raised red flags, and they're saying, oh, no, we don't want to close this church. We've been here 50 years. And so uh, that began a conversation, and then I brought up they could find a younger pastor. I could help them find it. And they, we already did that twice, and we're still not moving forward. Yeah. One of them said, you know, what is about an adoption? Oh. They brought it up. I didn't bring it up. Hmm. I said, well, let me talk to you a little bit about it. We're into about five or six months of relationship now. And they said, hey, explain to us what an adoption is. And so I had done it before, and I knew something about it, but I told them there's no game plan in the Bible. It's just simply God's people helping God's people to move forward when a struggling church. And they would say, well, your your little church there is really growing. You have over 100 people. We only have 10. <laughs> and And one of them said, why doesn't your... Branch Life Church plant, which is not even a year old, adopt us. Wow. So what we learned was, in previous experiences, each church is a 501c3. Right. Each church has a constitution and bylaws. Some constitutions do have a closure clause in them. Some of them don't. And so you go into the constitution and see exactly what it takes to maybe even be adopted or be an adopter. And that, I have found, always takes finding an attorney. Yes, okay. And uh, having the attorney look through the the document. And we were fortunate in this last adoption that we found an attorney in Pennsylvania who is a pastor and had worked with these kind of things in the past. That's a blessing. And that was such a wonderful thing. Yeah. So when we came to the, we'll call it the business meeting, the conversations meetings, we took about two months and twice a month sitting down after church and just talking about it. All right, so I think what I hear you saying, go slow. Yeah, that's exactly what, and, and I actually have that written in a little note here in front of me. Go slow because you want to build trust. Yeah. You want to build relationship. You want to build camaraderie with these brothers and sisters in Christ. Most have been at the church 40 years, 50 years, one or two, 60 years. And they had invested their lives in this church. Yeah, sure. And now here's this new young church coming in. And so we're, we were meeting needs. We were providing the pastoring. We were providing the music. We were providing nurturing and caring for them. All right, so let me ask you a question. Let me just interrupt you just a second. So as you're there months, okay, is what I hear you saying, and you're having meetings, you know, after the services every so often, 
to build relationships because they need to know who you are and you need to know who they are. Is that fair? That is very, very fair. And uh, when you and I talked about this, I said I was going to contact several people. Yeah. And I contacted my nephew who had been involved with Harvest in adoptions. And he said that you need to be very, very, very careful when you're getting involved in adopting because you just can't assume that these folks are just going to come along and be part of it and you just do everything. But you need to realize that some of them are hurt, some of them are disillusioned, some of them aren't happy with past leadership, and you need to pay attention to that. You need to work with it. So that's why we were going slow, because we wanted the church that we were adopting to know who we were. Yeah. We wanted to know who they were. And I think you made an interesting point, which I want to just emphasize here. I think you said uh, somebody, young pastor, and they said they'd already tried that a couple of times. Yes. Because I think there's a misconception out there that if you just bring in a young pastor with a wife and a couple of kids, that that is the silver bullet and, and everything will go well. And it's not. You're building Christ's church. You must do it his way. And there's not one silver bullet to make it happen. Is that fair? I mean, when people think they need a young pastor, which I'm not against. i got two sons that are pastors, okay? But I'm saying that is not the answer in every case, correct? No, that is not the answer. And I've been involved, besides the church plants, I've been involved with what I'm going to call the word church rescue. In the last 18 years, I've been in seven churches. When I first got involved in that, I thought it would be pretty easy to find a pastor. Yeah. And I realized that there were a lot of people out there looking for a pastor. Yeah. There's a lot of pastors out there looking for a church. Yes. But it's not an easy task to tie them together. Right. So this takes time. It takes you knowing them and them knowing you. I just wanted to make sure that we emphasize that. And one of the neat things in this recent situation I've been involved in is that Two families came walking into the church one Sunday morning. I say God sent them. And in a couple of weeks, one at a time, the parents and the one one had children trusted Christ as their Savior. Wow. And that was a, a highlight. Yes. Of that point in time, because here's two men, two ladies who show up. They brought an aunt with them. They brought a mother with them. They brought a son with them, and the mother already knew the Lord, and the others had not known the Lord. Mm. And that just sparkled. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think there were some excited people after that, right? You're not kidding. <laughs> You're not kidding. And, uh, yeah. and just wonderful to see that happening and to see how God was orchestrating all this. And as I said to you, we were meeting, and in one of the meetings, I'm— explaining to them, trying to be kind and clear about adoption and what it was. And one of the ladies literally said, let's just stop the meeting for a minute. Her name was Amanda. Yeah. She was probably 30 years old, the youngest person there. And she said, I make a motion that we invite Branch Life Church to adopt church. And one of the men who was leading the meeting said, well, we need to call to order and then Amanda can make the motion, and they called the order. Amanda made the motion. It was seconded, mm. and they voted, and it was 100%. Well, let me piggyback on something we've talked about. So the adopting church's leadership then becomes in full control. Is that right? Yes. 
Okay. Yes, that's very important that that's communicated up front early in the circumstances so that everybody understands that if you are going to be adopted, you are giving up your church to another church. Yeah. And that's often, I think, a very hard thing to swallow. Sure. At the same time, it's, a, it's the best way to do it. And the church I'm talking about, they had six acres. They had some memorial funds. Now, define memorial funds for people to understand what that is. A memorial fund is basically, and especially in denominational churches, where a brother or sister goes home to be with the Lord, but before they go home to be with the Lord, they, in their will, donate X number of dollars to the church that they were raised in, saved in, buried next door in, and they designate most of the time, this is going to be for youth, or this is going to be for missions, or this is going to be for maintenance. And I've been a little surprised in getting into some of these churches to find that there's quite a few denominational churches that do this. Yeah. And so a memorial fund is something that someone has given to the church and with the goal of helping the church move forward. Got it. I just want to make sure that was defined. All right, let me do this. We've got about five minutes or eight minutes to wrap this up. And what I want you to do is explain two things, unexpected blessings and unexpected challenges. So what are some unexpected blessings in these adoption processes that you've been through that you have found? As I said, I've been involved in four of them. Okay. And I have to think the most recent one is the one I can talk about the best. Yeah, sure. That's because it's a great example. So in, in the most recent one, it was in the adopting church was a church plant that was not a year old. Okay. It, the adopted church was started in 1868. Wow. And so that, that was the, the context of what was going on here. And so for the new church, was struggling to find a place to meet on a, on a regular basis. All of a sudden, we are going into a building that has Sunday school classes, that has a wow. fellowship hall, that has yeah. a kitchen, that has a parsonage, that has a pavilion, that has a softball field, and has other things like that. And they probably were debt-free, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was debt-free. And um, Which I think is a common of churches that I have seen go through this. They have buildings debt-free. They may have cash. I've seen a church with $100,000, but yet they're dying. Okay. So I think what you described is, I love the illustration because it's fresh with you, but it's also repeatable throughout the United States. Yes, I think it's much more repeatable yeah. than we would even think. Yeah, I agree with you. And just knowing in one, one denominational situation, one of the leaders spoke to me, and he said there were, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, and Delaware, they had 200 churches. That were dying? They weren't all dying. Okay. But many of most of them were struggling. Yeah, yeah. And I know for sure that the two that are around us are dying. Yeah, yeah. And so it was obvious from talking to him, his heart was very, very concerned about what was happening. Yeah. And, and so the church that we got involved in 
was a denominational church. Okay. And I think that's true, when, especially when you talk to different men. Most of, of course, my world is in the independent world. But you talk to anyone that travels a lot, this story is repeated over and over and over. Okay. So, again, there are blessings to be in a healthy church, this, a disciple-making church that can adopt another church. Can you think of another unexpected blessing, maybe, of this process? Well, it put us in a location where the population was pretty good. Mm, Okay. And it gave us some wonderful opportunities to be involved in the community. All right, so the church plant that adopted the older church, how far apart were they geographically before the adoption? I'm guessing probably eight miles. Okay, yeah, all right. I just wanted to put that in context. All right, so let's flip it. What What would be some unexpected challenges that you have seen in the adoption process? Well, Going through the process is a challenge. <laughs> okay. Itself, right? So I think you said time, relationship, make sure you know each other, the legal aspect. Getting all the information. Yeah, okay. Finding out the difference. Every church does finances differently. Okay. And how this church had it set up was unique to what I have ever seen, and it's taken a lot of time to go through all that. Sure. And um, some of the memorial funds are very specific and that's fine, but even it's hard to talk to somebody who's given the memorial funds about changing, changing that it. Yeah, yeah. Because they're 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 with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's 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 one of the problems. Another problem is all of a sudden here's a in our case it's a small church walking into this facility, and now we have to take care of it. Yeah, and they and, probably haven't had the energy or whatever to take care of the facility, right? The church we got involved in, I would say, was okay. All right. It had a lot a lot of uh, good things about it. At the same time, you know, it's like when you live in a house for a long time, you get it cluttered. Yeah. That was cluttered with stuff hanging on the wall, yeah. in the closets, yeah. all those kinds of things. And so we had to deal with all that. And we're even in our situation, the adoption took place officially January 1st. Wow. And that was intentional. Right. It was actually, Everything was starting new. Yeah, and it could have started October 1st, but because of the changing of the year, it was far better tax-wise mm. and everything else to close out the one right. and open the other. All and right. So that, Let me ask you this. Would you mind giving out your email address, Pastor Bill? Oh, no, no, no problem. Ready? Yep. Pastor Bill Park. P-A-R-K. Com. All right, Pastor Bill Park, P-A-R-K, at Hotmail.com. You got it. All right, so I would challenge, number one, churches that are struggling, okay, to, number one, come to grips with that. And maybe uh, you can contact me, mfant at gfamissions.org, or Pastor Bill, either one. And and I really appreciate what he said about the struggling church is the one that needs to ask for help, Okay. And I think if you go back through that and you go back, and I would challenge a, a church that maybe needs to be adopted to go back through and listen to both of these podcasts, okay, and listen to exactly how Pastor Bill laid it out, the whys and then the how-tos. Now, I want to make one other comment in closing, okay, because you gave me this quote that's important, that putting things on hold could be a problem, right? Once you stop the process and put things on yeah. hold— you want to, I should have brought that up earlier. You want to comment on that in closing? Now, all I would say is that, like in anything else, there's momentum. Yeah, there we go. 
and momentum is a very important word, whether you're playing a football game or buying a new car. And in the church, it's the same thing. And as, as a church that's struggling and are wondering what to do, finally get some light. Oh, look at this. This is an opportunity. And the opportunity begins to go downhill right. fast if you're not careful. And I think, of course, this whole thing, we're assuming they're, they're committing this to prayer. We're assuming this is a spiritual decision. We're, I mean, that is the umbrella we're operating under. So we're not just talking about a process. This is a spiritual exercise of Christ's church, not our church. Is that? I just wanted to make sure we put that in there, right? Yeah, and, uh, and in our little church, our little the church of doing adopting, our motto is pray first. There you go. And so uh, we would bring that into everything we would do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Pastor Bill Park, thank you for your time. Again, Pastor Bill's email address is Pastor Bill Park, P A R K, at hotmail.com. And I greatly appreciate GFA sponsoring this and, and Pastor Bill taking the time to go through these two podcasts. Again, part one was on the why of church multiplication, of churches planting and assisting other churches. And then this one was on the how to. So, Pastor Bill, thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate the opportunity. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org consulting.